0: Coming up, Pixar is making changes to Finding Dory in response to the backlash generated by the SeaWorld expose film Blackfish. We'll also talk about Disney's recent third quarter earnings report with our good friend and senior business reporter for the Orlando Sentinel, Jason Garcia, and we'll tell you about the top ten threads on disboards.com for the month of July. We're also going to give you a glimpse into our weekend in Nova Scotia for one of the most amazing Disney meets we've ever attended. All that coming up next... Coming to you live from the Bob Varley studio, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 637 for the week of August 13th, 2013. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. One reason a book with Dreams Unlimited is because we are as close to the Blue Fairy or the Fairy Godmother that you're ever going to get, and we also look fabulous in gowns with magical sparkles. DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com, fairies that look better in gowns than you do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I am your returning host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Corey Martin. And our good friend Jason Garcia from the Orlando Sentinel, as well as our producer Dustin West and associate producer Sean Thompson back in the production, pr- nook. The production nook. I forgot what we called it.
1: Oh, I'm going to have to start feeding you lines all show, aren't I? <laughs> I'm a little rusty. His I mean, name is you know, Dustin. That's may Sean.
0: Me, may take me a little while to kind of right. get back into the groove here. It's been, it's been what, like five, six weeks? Yeah. So uh, I... Uh, I want to start out with some housekeeping first. I want to say thank you to all of you for your kind words of support over the last few weeks, and also to dispel a few things. Um, I am not dying, uh, nor was I in rehab, um, or any of the other crazy rumors that were going around. None of you got it right.
2: You didn't have a facelift.
0: I did not have a (laughs) clearly. I did not have a facelift. I didn't
1: realize it was a contest.
0: and uh no one got right. you know just you know I I needed to take I just needed to take some personal time that was all and uh nothing nothing salacious just really just needed some time for myself and this was a great break and I cannot thank Dustin enough for the amazing job uh he did uh hosting in my absence uh really stepped in at the last minute and it was not easy he was really kind of thrown into a difficult situation and uh, there was a lot going on behind the scenes then and it really made me proud that none of that made it on to the show uh and Dustin and the team just did an amazing job uh, putting it together and keeping it together, and I thank you very much for that. Thank all of you for pitching in and, and helping out during uh, during the last month and a half. Um, Thanks. And uh, also want to uh, make sure we get a plug in for the upcoming dis meet in Indianapolis, September seventh, two thousand thirteen. Most of the team is going to be there, and uh, this is the is this the fifth or sixth? It's the sixth. I believe. Sixth annual. Uh, I think this is the longest-running one uh, that that happens every year. Again, to raise money for Give Kids the World, we just came out of uh, Nova Scotia, which raised over eight thousand dollars for Give Kids the World uh, this past weekend, and it was amazing. Uh, please, if you're uh, watching, especially if you're watching us live, stay tuned after this for the uh, for the Nova Scotia show that we that we put together. Um, it's a little bit different than our other uh, live shows have been when we've been on the road. And uh, really, kind of got a chance to uh, dig into the some of the folks that are that are putting this together, especially yeah. Evelyn McNamara, who is, as I as I call her now, a force of nature. Um, Two hundred people in Middle Sackville, uh, Nova Scotia, came out to raise money for Give Kids the World, and ninety percent of them have never watched or listened to this show. These are people she gathered from the community, friends, family, coworkers, other folks. Uh, brought them together, pitched in. Uh, kind of give you an idea of the people that are up in Nova Scotia and raised $8,000 for Give Kids the World. This was their second year, and uh, we are really hoping Evelyn will, uh, will will continue carrying that torch into a third year. I hope as, so. And as long as she does them, we'll keep showing up. That's the least we can do. Uh, it was an incredible group of people, and it was an incredible experience, and it was just what I needed. Uh, On the weekend before I I came back to do the show So I really feel energized And I thank Evelyn and her team for their hospitality It was just an amazing weekend It was, you know, one I'll always remember And Nova Scotia is just gorgeous Oh my lord, it's just beautiful So, thank you to those guys Uh, I know, Kevin, you have a couple things For housekeeping that you wanted to mention I
2: do Uh, July Backstage Magic Trip has now sold out. All those remaining spots had been filled. The only thing we have left if you want to go on a Backstage Magic Trip with the Diz next year is our February 17th Backstage Magic. It There are still some spaces left available on that and if you're interested, uh, send me an email at Kevin at Dreams Unlimited Travel. I have several people who are interested and I know there's been some talk on the boards of other people who are interested in going, so it's one of those things that you're going to have to act pretty quickly.
1: That will be our last Backstage Magic next year. We're not going to add any more we're not going to do so right. those three are it and then if you want to travel with us again it's going to be 2014 so no 2015
2: 2015 and we don't know what those dates are yet they will not release dates until may of 2014 so we have no plans on 2015 yet we can't say yes we can't say no but we can say yes to february awesome that's the trip. john and i are going to go on to Don't tell them that (laughs) you think (laughs) that will stop them from coming. (laughs) That's why
1: that one's not full.
0: (laughs) Oh, before I forget, I do want to say a thank you to Michelle Rendon from Lafayette, Indiana, who sent in the uh, suggestion for the dreams ad for this week about the blue fairies and looking fabulous in gowns. So thank you for that, uh, Michelle. And I guess we should send Michelle a a t-shirt or, or something. I'll have Julie contact you. Yeah, let's have a, let's send a, you know, a little. Well, bit. you send me her info.
1: Well, I'll just I'll go ahead right now
0: because <laughs> I know how this goes. Yeah. Go well, ahead right now and forward it to Julie. There so you go. Perfect. It. So there, that's taken care of. It's all sent live forwarding <laughs> because you know six months from now, you know
3: Julie will be like, I never got the. We work in the same house, and she's like, Can you forward me that email? I'll forward it to you. It's like I'll just hand well, it. Well, the best to her. part is
1: now you're going to get an email from her saying, What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah.
3: Exactly. from Pete? at the bottom. Um, All
0: right. What else we have in housekeeping? That's it. Now, come on.
3: Oh, I want to. I um, <laughs> on the on the last show, the college program show, we, we were talking about how cast members, how you can move up in the company. It only takes a, a little bit of patience. Well, I want to congratulate my sister. She recently got a promotion. It worked in Cockwork <laughs> uh, with, with that uh, with that show. She's now associate uh, sales agent at Golden Oak.
1: Wow! So, Congratulations, Congratulations. That's So That's fantastic. Long,
0: well deserved. and yeah. Long overdue. Absolutely. Um, your sister's ha- gonna. Ha- she's having an amazing career at Disney. Oh yes, she is. She's hasn't really. I mean, she's been been rock, uh, rocking and rolling oh, yeah. in that job. So. so you can move up? Congratulations, to uh, Anna.
2: I apologize. We have one more Diz Meet that we didn't talk about. It's the Delaware Diz Meet starting November 1st.
0: November 1st. That's right. Delaware will be there for that as well. Um, you know, Delaware in the winter. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, I, I do try and get out of Florida for colder climates. Uh, London, you know.
2: Paris, Rome, New York, Delaware. <laughs>
0: You don't see that like a lot of Louis Vuitton shops, do you?
2: <laughs> upper Sackville. <laughs> it's 11 miles away. That's
0: a, that's, you know, it's better than Lower Sackville. It's true. Or Middle Sackville, because those are actually names of towns. It's like Upper, Middle, and Lower Sackville, which I'm like, okay, that's creative. God forbid we just come out with new names for towns. Um, all right. If there's no other housekeeping, let's go ahead and start with the news.
1: All right. Our first news story. Disney third-quarter net income nearly flat as park profits rise. The Walt Disney Company reported last Tuesday that it had profit profit growth of less than 1% during the three-month period that ended June 21st. This is on earnings just over $1.8 billion. Total revenue rose 4% to $11.6 billion. The company's theme parks and resorts were its biggest, biggest profit driver. Operating income at the Walt Disney World Parks and Resorts jumped 9% to 689 million on sales that were up 7% to $3.7 billion. The company said both Disney World in Orlando and Disneyland in Anaheim recorded their highest ever attendance for the fiscal third quarter as consumers flocked to attractions such as the $425 million new Fantasy Land in the Magic Kingdom. Attendance for both U.S. parks combined rose 3% from a year ago. These numbers don't include Lone Ranger, do they? Oh, no, they do not. <laughs> I'm focusing primarily on the parks. Oh, okay. Those travelers also spent more as per capita spending jumped 7% because of higher ticket prices and increased food and beverage spending. Hotel occupancy and per room spending were comparable with a year ago. Even with the re- recent EAP even with the recent opening of the $350 million Disney's Art of Animation Resort. We're going to
0: have to send you back to reading class.
1: I know. I'm having trouble. Uh, Disney attributes its overall profit slowdown in part to continued spending on the billion dollar My Magic Plus technology initiative. Disney chairman and chief executive officer Bob Iger said the project began a new, quote, beta phase August 2nd, in which the systems will ultimately be used by more than 80,000 customers. He said guests who have used the features in early tests have have reacted positively, though he did not elaborate. Um, Looking ahead, Disney said reservations at its U.S. hotels, which are mostly in Orlando, are running about 3% ahead of last year. Um, at prices that are about four percent higher overall. So, so,
0: so while they're so so while spending is up because of higher prices and, and I, I guess from reading this more food consumption, it's America. I don't think that's you know out of the question. Well, I
1: don't know if it's more food consumption or higher food prices. Well,
0: or you know combination Probably of both. both. Um, either way, I mean um, they are saying that the cost of implementing uh, Magic Band Next Gen. Is eating into eating into their their profits right now, which I guess I could could understand. But I guess the real question is: a year from now, what kind of impact is My Magic Plus and the Magic Band's going to have on on their uh, on their bottom line? It's one of the reasons I invited Jason to come uh, talk to us today. What uh, what do you what do you glean from uh, what what they're releasing in the third quarter, the uh, third quarter earnings? Uh,
4: in terms of just their performance for that particular quarter, right? Um you know, it was a, it, it's a tough quarter because of the way the Easter shift worked. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a pretty good quarter. I mean, anytime you said quarterly attendance records, you can't be complaining too much, right, obviously. Right. It's one thing you'll see is I, I, I think there was a lot of sort of muted reaction to it because uh, the quarter before they had just been nuts. I think it was 73% profit growth. Um, and you won't see that probably anymore just because we've now lapped the cruise ships. You're no longer getting, uh, you know, a first quarter of performance of those cruise ships, which have right. been – you know, probably the single best investment out of all the things they made. You know, maybe, maybe the DCA rebuild, too. But, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, they're, they're, they're clearly doing well. Um, you, you know, the Magic Kingdom just keeps getting busier and well, busier. Well, and they
0: seem to be hitting on all cylinders. Like you said, you know, with the Dream and the Fantasy, uh, both of those rollouts were massive successes and really flawlessly done, in my opinion. I was on both of them for preview cruises and inaugural cruises and right. just brilliantly done. Uh, of course, Cars Land out in Disney's California Adventure, uh, a massive success. We know that's driving huge growth out there. And like you said, New Fantasyland, the Magic Kingdom is just, it's, it's nuts. Right.
4: Yeah, of, of the things they did, and I'm, I'm going off memory here, um, the the cruise ships have been a huge success. The, the DCA re- rebuild has really worked well. I, I think, from what I can tell, New Fantasyland is sort of exceeding their expectations because they sort of really didn't have much of a much attendance expectations out of that. That was really a project that was built sort of to accommodate the crowds that were already there, you know, to make sure they would keep coming back and that it wasn't such a horrible experience inside the crowded park and yet you know it seems to be drawing people as is however
1: it was used so heavily in their advertising yeah that's true I mean they're
4: they're gonna market it obviously any new attraction you're gonna make that the focal point of your marketing but but the the sort of the proformas they used to to approve that project were built more around sort of is more of a defensive investment than sort of you know building the new cruise ships now uh, Olani has has not done so well Um, you know it got off to a pretty Pretty difficult start, but it I, seems
0: to be getting better, though. I mean, there seems yeah, to be some improvement.
4: It's it's tough to know because they don't ever talk about it, you know, and sort of because there's they're, it's so hard to break into their finances. It's the child, their right. stuff, right, right. Now. right. Yeah. Well, I
1: think also Alani, because so much of its revenue is DVC based right. that they can't really report it. It's right. hard really to report a, a you know a, a amount of money they've spent or gotten in rooms because more, most people are staying there are DVC members, but um, the problem we're having with Alani, as far as selling it, is actually availability issues, right. and one of that reasons for the availability issues is they're they're marketing heavily in Japan, right? So they get a lot of Japanese tourists come over. So I don't know what to believe about Alani.
0: Well, you know, I um, unfortunately missed uh, the uh, uh, Alani show that we did from our Beyond the Parks coverage. We were in Alani right. uh, the end of May. And I have to tell you something. In comparison to my experience there in November of 2012, 2011, uh, when we were out there. I
3: think it was 11. Um, yeah.
0: It was 2011. I got to tell you something. They turned this place around. Right. I mean, it was already pretty good. I mean, there were some definite failures around. We didn't see any of that. Yeah. Food, service. I think this is the best-run Disney resort I've ever stayed oh, wow. Um, it was a well-oiled machine from the top right. down. It wasn't. didn't matter who you were dealing with. Um, it was that old Disney service. It mm-hmm. was that we just, you know, these guys were really excited to work there. They were excited you were there. And if they weren't, they were really good actors. Oh,
4: that's interesting. Um,
0: the, food, uh, the food situation completely fixed, in my opinion. Food was amazing. Um, availability of food and the, uh, uh, the quality of the food was very good. Of course, the prices, definitely on the high side. But um, I think right now, I think you're poised to see Olani really start to do something. If they mm-hmm. can maintain this and keep growing, I mean, they're expanding certain things on, uh, mm-hmm. at Olani already to make, uh, make improvements. Um, so I think you might see Olani start to, uh, they might start talking about Olani more right. as it starts performing better. And I think right now it's poised to do that. In yeah. my opinion, I
4: gotta say the next word they say about Olani will be the first in about two years. I think really <laughs> it's, it, it just never comes up, uh, I think not since it opened, basically. Well, and I'm talking about it, with the investment community and stuff, the folks where you're... So that, that says to me it's not exceeding their expectations. You know, at, at, a, at a minimum, it, you know, they're not as excited about it as they are the cruise ships and stuff. But now, obviously, these are giant long-term investments, so you're right. I mean, there's plenty of time for this thing to still prove to be a really smart bet, um, but... But it'd be nice to, be nice yeah, to but hear and say something about Alani it.
0: Alani was saddled with a lot of problems yeah, uh, right. coming
4: online. Uh, it was a lot of problems coming
0: online. But it, like I said, from my standpoint, being out there, it really seems it's like good. they've gotten it. Uh, they've really gotten their act together. It was really impressive. It'd be neat to see it. Now, in terms of My Magic Plus, I mean, mm. this is really what the company is banking so much right. on. Uh, this one billion dollar initiative right. uh, that includes FastPass Plus, uh, the My Disney Experience app, uh, the Magic Bands, the whole thing. We just did a whole segment on that. Uh, last week um what do you think we're going to be looking at a year from now uh, when we look at the impact of of magic bands assuming they come online toward the end of the year as as they're predicting
4: yeah they've actually now pushed that back to early next fiscal year well i guess you're talking calendar year they calendar initially we're sort of talking about this fiscal year and now it's it's sort of floated back there but they've also been very careful never to put a precise date on it yeah um you know, they say they're going to start generating revenue out of this in fiscal fourteen. Um, y- you know, th- this has to click in a lot of ways to make that investment back because that's a that's an enormous amount of money, right? That's I mean, what they're spending on My Magic Plus is what they spent to basically rebuild California Adventure. You know, yeah. so you could have. You could have rebuilt Hollywood Studios for the price you're uh, you're doing on My Magic Plus. Yeah, right? that's, a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, so put it in perspective. Right, and it's it's going to have to hit in a lot of ways. I think the the only thing even remotely tangible they've said so far is uh, Tom Staggs told Bloomberg that in some of their early tests, the people that are wearing the bands are spending more money. Right, so per capita. I will
0: tell you, you know, yeah, when we yeah. did it, when we did it, we got in on the August second test. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It really is. It's a lot easier to spend money with this band. I mean, even and especially the uh, you know the the uh, foreign uh, foreign viewers and and listeners are going to roll their eyes. Americans, Um, it's just so much more convenient than having to pull a credit card out of (laughs) your pocket or a a room key out of your pocket. We equate
1: it to chips in a casino.
0: Yeah, right. it's not real money. It's
1: not real money. It's right. this thing. I'm wearing on my wrist even beyond having a key to the world card right. which feels like a credit card and a lot right. of people understand that now right. Now You're talking about something completely intangible. I mean, I think it's I, I've always been a I know that there's Discussion at the table whether it's good or bad. I've always thought that Disney made a good move with this I yeah,
0: think so too, think especially that, after oh, interesting especially after using it. Yeah, I think Disney made a, a great move with it I think it's a great addition. I wish people would get it through their heads that you are not required to wear or use the bands, okay? They're not going to chip you in the back of your neck like your dog. Um, you don't have to use the bands if you don't want to. You can use your room key. Same way. It's all good. You're not missing anything. You're not losing anything. Um, I think they're on to something with this. I think um, the way they've rolled it out has been brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think they have taken their time. They've made sure, as you pointed out, not to, get, not to set any false expectations, Everything's been very kind of nebulous about when this is going to be officially released Um, as they release things, you know, on August 2nd, when we checked into pop century, there were, I counted 16 managers behind the check-in desk, watching everything that went on with every magic band that went out. Um, You had the, the station set up for people that were having problems. Dustin and I had issues uh, getting our passes attached to our, our bands, so they had this you know special kiosk set up for that um, they really you know I mean there are going to be hiccups and bumps, but I think they're I think they're adjusting to it well I think the the way they're rolling it out is really responsible right.
4: um but you got a billion dollars riding right. on the line, yeah, you don't the- want to be the guy that screws it up. <laughs> that's exactly right. For this to work, it's got to hit on a few levels. Not only do you have to, that's, to spend more in the parks because it's more convenient, they have to boost hotel reservations because that's a big part of the calculus here. That you know there will be more available to hotel guests. They have to boost repeat visitor sh- uh, visitation. You know, and the, part of the one of their biggest fundamental challenges now is they're so big and they're so crowded that you know it, more and more people are sort of choosing not to come because it just seems like more work is done. So they've got to chip away at that and get people coming, you know, instead of every four years, maybe every three years. It needs to do all of these things for uh, for the investment to sort of recoup itself, you know. And, you know, they know an awful lot, so it may very well. It's just, it's sort of like a, you know, a triple backboard shot they've got to hit here for it to, to really pull off. Well,
1: one of the things I think they're doing, which is very smart, is they have the accessories for them. Mm-hmm. So now you've built in this new... Right revenue stream i can buy little characters mm, right. or i can buy these things for these this thing you slip over your band so it doesn't look like a band so disney's done what it does really well which right. is the marketing of it so that really pays off there for them but um i don't know how it's going to affect rooms though i think that's an interesting point yeah i haven't heard them mention that component of it
4: that that came up uh i, w- I don't want to say this call i think it was the last call where an analyst specifically called them out on on how does it factor into this and and they sort of acknowledged that yeah a, a big part of the calculus here is is bringing more people onto property you know and i think the way it works is you know you'll get more uh fast pass pluses if you're a disney hotel guest versus if you're not hmm. a disney hotel guest so you you try and drive some uh, incremental value that way to get more people to decide you know rather than staying on 192 or i drive it's worth staying at, at disney Promot. i also
0: i also think and i know this is very contentious but i i, I swear i think you're going to see this you're also going to see them i think giving parks additional mm-hmm. perks to people staying at deluxe resorts and yeah, specifically right. those staying on a like, concierge level right at uh, deluxe that, yeah. resorts mm-hmm. and so i think uh they're gonna have to they're right. gonna have to yeah,
4: um, that that'll be an interesting bridge for them to cross because they really haven't done that with their hotels. You no, know, they haven't. You get just about the same experience in a at Pop Century as you do at you know the contemporary absent you know sort of physical things like being closer to the parks, you know, and uh, being in a far nicer resort, <laughs> yeah, right? But <laughs> but in terms of bed. the uh, the sort of theme park perks you get out of it, um, that'll be a that'll be an interesting sort of bridge for them to cross. I. I I'm with you at that I expect that will happen. Yeah, um, it'd just be interesting to see how they handle it. Universal started to do the same thing. you right. know, that you won't get as much out of uh, Cabana Bay as you will in the. the well, you get no,
3: uh,
0: no, no, no express pass. Right, no,
4: no from yeah, That's line. a big selling point for those.
0: Resorts. Huge, right? Huge selling point. What do you but think?
1: What do you think about part of this report that talks about the fact that they don't see an impact of Art of Animation yet?
4: Um, oh no, I think was, they do. In fact, that was one of their bigger drivers. There is. Uh, is ho- the increased hotel occupied hotel nights that was a big reason, you know, revenue especially was up, and that's a function of, you know, they've got a lot more hotels to sell. You know, what was what was sort of interesting is uh, they they didn't break out specific occupancy or uh, or per room spending rates, which they normally do, other than say they're comparable. But even that, it you know, you've got two thousand more rooms, so if you keep occupancy level but add two thousand more rooms, you're you're not doing so bad. And those you know? two
1: thousand rooms are. Uh, they're not the most expensive, but I right. think they're up there. They're I mean, above average. Well,
0: oh no, absolutely. Because you're talking—I right. yeah, mean, you're talking uh, an average for art of animation of two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars a night for the right. suites. Right. So those are definitely priced up in the deluxe category, um, even though it's considered a value resort. Yeah, but, but if but you do
4: them per per guest, the average sort of slips below. Yeah, and, yeah, right, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You got five in a room. Right. Exactly. So so I I think that's been uh, that seems to be doing very well for them. They were they seem to be pretty uh pretty happy with how that that hotel is selling it's a very
1: popular hotel right something that a lot of people want to stay in for sure awesome kevin brought up a good point um we're not talking about movies and stuff so what about that what about i mean was lone ranger even in this quarter
4: uh they picked up some of the marketing costs so you know the studio bombed this quarter but lone ranger was only part of it Uh, i mean it's going to be sort of a colossal loss for them i i'm not a studio expert i sort of Focus pretty sc- exclusively on the parks for them, but so I don't hold me to this. But I want to say they said somewhere in the neighborhood of 160 to 190 million dollar loss on Lone mm-hmm. Rangers, what they accept now. Most of that will be booked in the next quarter, still not as uh, bad as uh John mm-hmm. Carter,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, will also uh, make that up overseas. That yeah. always
0: happens, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, the, yeah, the w- Europeans will watch what we won't, yeah.
1: So well, the I'm Westerns, kidding, though, yeah, <laughs> no, <but laughs> I, I, mean, I, I know, I know you, you said it jokingly, you know sure. but. It, almost every movie is the same thing. Right. They know that they can make any movie they want, and when it goes overseas, it's gonna. Right. <laughs> they know that it's gonna go and surpass triple the times right. it makes here. So I, th-
4: I think I've read this, and again, I'm, I'm no movie expert, but that that's one of the problems with the Lone Ranger is uh, the westerns don't translate as well mm. over. They're, they're yeah. not as popular. Whereas you know something like John Carter might might scratch out a little bit overseas. This yeah, one I loved, as a, and I loved John Carter. I thought it was a great
1: it. movie. No, oh, for the wrong reasons. Hmm. No, I thought it was a
0: great movie. I, would have, I really did. I really enjoyed it. Shut up. <laughs> All right. All right. Talk about
5: Before something else. we
2: go on, I just want to talk about the fact that our video is not going out to people.
5: I Yeah. We're trying to figure that out. Everything's, everything's working fine on our end. I'm not sure. There must be some issue with live stream right now. <laughs> um, of course. My first show back.
0: Yeah. All right. You, so- you sabotaged me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. No, he's trying, he, he's really trying, he,
5: he's trying to like overthrow. I, he Sean, wants the seats. If Sean hadn't let me know, I would not know because everything on our end is looking good. So I'm not so sure. So if you
1: don't see us, it's not your fault. It's something with live stream.
0: So, exactly. So, but people are still in the chat room. Can they hear the audio? Yes. Okay.
1: Okay, good. Well, However, you know, take, take what you can get. Hiccuping you know? pretty badly.
2: <laughs> take what you can get.
0: Take what you can get, guys. Here you go. Yeah, it's definitely it's not on our end. I mean, the, the feed's going out, so uh, something must be up with live stream. We apologize for that, but uh, blame them, not me. <coughs> or Dustin. You can blame Dustin. Yeah, sure. But I am convinced, though, he's trying to sabotage <laughs> it because he wants the seat back. He was like, you know, he was like, uh, I saw him under my car. Last night, we got back from Nova Scotia. Big wrench. With a wrench. Yeah. So. (laughs) No, I'm happy you're back. I really am. I know you are.
1: (laughs) All right. Our next news story. This is a good one. Dapper Day coming to Disney Parks. Okay.
0: Are you guys going? You guys going to dress up in like Zoot suits?
1: Uh, Well, first of all, I thought we already had Dapper Day. It was just called Gay Days. (laughs) But uh, I guess that's not true. (laughs) Started in the spring of 2011, Dapper Day is an unofficial event that organizes fashionable gatherings at the Disney resorts in California, Florida, and Paris. Dapper Day events at Disney parks are not private functions, but simply a day to visit the parks with other stylish guests. Yes, I will go. Each event, the Paris event, <laughs> each event usually has a simple schedule of one or two in park gatherings, like the evening "quote unquote" dapper derby at the Fantasyland carousel. Event hours and schedules are offered as merely suggestions, and attendees are encouraged to enjoy the park at their leisure. The schedule for this year's events are Friday, September sixth, two thousand thirteen, at Disneyland Resort in California. Saturday, September fourteenth, two thousand thirteen, at Disneyland Paris. Saturday, September 21st, 2013, Disney's Hollywood Studios and Disney's Boardwalk Resort. Unfortunately, we will not be able to
5: attend. Now, I'm going to make well, you'll be in you'll be Europe. Be, we'll
2: you'll be in Germany.
1: I'm no, going to make
5: some some Disneyland fans very happy here, I guess. Uh, Dapper Days obviously kind of originated in Southern California uh, with those parks out there and it became a huge thing. What we have here is in Florida is a little different. Huge. Well, Kevin, I think so. I mean, it's pretty big. You know, it is a big deal out there. Yeah, really is. 20 somethings, 30 somethings all dressing up. But uh, here we do it primarily at the Disney studios. You'll see a lot of uh, uh, probably cast members dressing up and whatnot. Um, So it's not quite as big out here as it is in California, but it's still it's still really fun. Uh, It's a cool energy when you see everybody dressed up there's like eight Marilyn Monroe's that are going to be there. So I have some cool modern suits oh. that I can
0: wear. Nine. I'm going to do Marilyn this year, too.
2: <laughs> are you going to wear your suit, too?
1: Sure. <laughs> For further details and to purchase Dapper Day merchandise, visit DapperDay.com. So there you go. I think we should go. It could be fun.
3: Get in. You want to borrow a hat? I got several. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do, you <laughs> pimp. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: All right, our final news story. Finding Dory ending changed in light of Blackfish SeaWorld controversy. The New York Times reports that a Pixar employee has told them that the Finding Nemo sequel, Finding Dory's ending, has changed in the light of recent controversy surrounding the treatment of animals at marine parks. The article claims that the documentary Blackfish, which exposed the inner workings of SeaWorld and their improper treatment towards sea creatures, has inspired Pixar to make one key adjustment in their 2015 follow-up to the hit film Finding Nemo. Now, what I'm going to do right now is a is a spoiler alert, because I'm going to talk about the end of Finding Dory, or Seeing Dory, or Seeking Dory, what is it called? Oh,
0: hunting Dory. Hunting
1: Dory.
0: <laughs> Apparently. Good Dory hunting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fishing for Dory. So if you don't want to know what the end of the movie is going Eating to be, Dory. you don't want to have a spoiler. Go do something else for a minute. <laughs> At the end of Finding Dory, we will see creatures placed into a marine park where we presume they will spend the rest of their lives happily ever after. The New York Times says the Pixar that Pixar changed the "quote unquote" rule of the marine park in the film so that quote fish and mammals taken to to this aquatic <laughs> center have the option to leave <laughs> as they can in real life that's great
0: yes uh, as as, hap- as as will happen in as marine parks
1: o- oftentimes you know we're on i4 and we'll see a starfish which i can take
2: me to the river <laughs> you know, like.
1: Pixar seems to have changed the ending so that viewers can rest easy knowing that if the characters do not like their new surroundings, they're free to go live their lives Oh, elsewhere. God. The place,
0: the inappropriate places I can go right now with jokes, and I just won't. I just won't.
1: The film is scheduled to open in theaters November 15th. Uh, Walt Disney Studios, which includes Pixar, did not comment on the news. Do
2: you know, the animals at Animal Kingdom have these rights?
0: <laughs> <I know what laughs> you I know, let me, let me ask Jason. Um, uh, how much of an impact... Has this controversy had on SeaWorld? I mean, in terms of their bottom line, do you think it's
4: Oh, I doubt it's had anything yet. Uh that's actually, you know, they do second quarter or yeah, second quarter earnings this afternoon, so I'm curious to see if they uh hmm. if they take a sledgehammer and a blackfish while they're on the call. Um it it's got I mean it's got a lot of long term potential in terms of uh you know, if you fundamentally start to change the way people think about captivity, then, you know, SeaWorld's in a lot of trouble. Right. Um, I, I sort of I would can't prove this, but I would I would expect SeaWorld has a lot of long term plans for dealing in a dealing with a post captivity world, you know, that it, it probably has. Hmm. You know, that's something very long term it thinks about, you know? Yeah, uh, what, so what does no, that look like? No more pictures of, pictures of fish. I mean, you think. <laughs> it, it's hard for me to believe Rides that and 50 years shows, from now, holograms. 50 years from now, we'll have killer whales in captivity. Wow. I just, uh, I could be wrong, you know, other than. Other than ones that really can't be released. Well
1: conveniently. Ones we'll, that stay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm <just> saying con-
0: <laughs>
4: conveniently we'll all be dead to
0: find, before we can find right, out if Jason's right. correct. But
2: there was also a video. Have you seen the video that was posted on YouTube that apparently there was a thunderstorm and during the show one of the false whales was right. brought up onto the platform? And was left there for thirty to forty minutes, and you can tell by, on the video that the animal is in distress. But there was lightning and thunder in the area, so none of the trainers were allowed to go out and help it. Yeah, you can hear the audience starting to complain and scream. Oh my God, this is out there! I mean, so it's not like someone said this happened. There's right. video, and of there it.
0: also, you know, it also seems to be a domino effect right now with SeaWorlds Is you know, you have, you know, you had this event with uh, this really tragic event with the trainer who mm-hmm. was killed. And that seemed to begin the uh this, this right. current this current domino effect of bad news for SeaWorld um, you know, up up to now with this with this film, right. which is getting traction, let's be honest. I mean it right. is getting traction, well, it's I, getting attention to the point that you were even saying you're interested to see if on the earnings call right. they're gonna take a sledgehammer to it. If they're taking a sledgehammer to it, that means they're worried about it. Right,
4: right. Um, and they and I mean, you I'm sure you guys know this. I mean, they've they've reacted incredibly yes. aggressively yeah. to yeah. this yeah. film. I mean I think I, I I don't think McDonald's ever said peep about Supersize Me, for instance, but you know, SeaWorld before Blackfish was even released was already reaching out to film critics, you know. And you gotta wonder uh, you gotta wonder if that didn't make this film a lot bigger. Yeah, well, I'm sure it did. Uh and I still I, I don't quite understand the logic of SeaWorld doing that, um, other than that this is just so core to what they do that they uh that they feel like they can't they can't go silent on it. You yeah. Know? But well, they,
1: I think they also part of what they, they're saying is that a lot of what's being told is not true. So their stance is that this is not true, this is disgruntled employees. Right. So I think they're that, looking it, to that's the,
4: sort of SeaWorld's MO if you yeah. sort of watch, you know, all through the Don Brancho stuff and you know where critics emerged and where this, uh, they really go after their critics personally in terms of you know questioning motives and, and credibility like and stuff like that they're very aggressive and uh, and that's is, not to say they're wrong all the time but um, it is sort of one thing that you know take with a grain of salt that that's you know what they do all the time. But this
0: has kind of been, um, if I, correct me if I'm wrong but yeah. this aggressive stance has become more prevalent since the sale from Anheuser-Busch over to InBev do you find that they're
4: more aggressive? Not to InBev, that? probably from when ImBev got rid of them to Blackstone. So Blackstone, yeah, Blackstone, yeah. yeah. And I, I think mean. that that might be a function of them being uh, an independent company essentially. Now, right. I mean, they're they're owned by Blackstone primarily, but they're still uh, functionally a standalone company. And I think that's probably true. You know, if, if you're part of a much larger, you know, corporation with its own sort of brand, you know, its own brand to protect. I imagine sort of a rule of thumb is do no damage. Right. You know? Exactly. So, um, and you have a lot less autonomy, you know, um, so I think that is a function of that. And I know the SeaWorld people um, feel incredibly passionate about what they do. They I don't do. I don't buy the critics who sort of, say SeaWorld is in this solely to exploit these animals no. I and mean, I think they care as much about these animals as uh mm-hmm. as everyone else just sort of it's a different world view
2: and I, I, was, I was just going to say I think the biggest thing is that people's attitudes are changing I think I, that's right slowly glacially maybe but I think the attitudes are changing and that's what right. they have but to I think about. I
0: think Jason just raised a, a really important point I've said it before on the show where SeaWorld is concerned spend 10 minutes talking to one of these trainers Spend 10 minutes talking to some of the people that work there and you will see just how passionate they are. Take a look at some of the stuff SeaWorld does in terms of its rescue operation Um, that is well above and beyond anything they're obligated to do for good PR. Um, They really do try, in my opinion from what I've seen, really go out of their way to care for these animals the best way they possibly can. Um, I understand the back and forth about uh, whether or not the captivity is good or whether these animals should be in captivity. Um, and I think there are arguments on both sides that are very, very compelling. And sometimes I don't know where I, where I stand on it. Right. But there's one thing I don't question, and that is the integrity of the people who are working there mm-hmm. and that are trying to care for these animals. Right. And that I don't think there is a craven uh, disposition on behalf of SeaWorld management toward this. Um, I think they've always uh, acted beyond responsibly in terms of, of what they've done in, in the community, and in, in terms of their, their – especially their animal rescue operation. Uh, they work hand-in-hand with Disney quite a bit uh, in terms of when Disney, uh, w- when they can't, uh, when they don't have space for like a manatee mm-hmm. or something, uh, they work they work in conjunction with Disney to 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 bring uh, animals or, or fish to, to Disney World. Um, I'm making it sound like it's a Give Kids the World thing, bringing sick fish to Disney World.
3: <laughs> Um,
0: well,
1: I have pictures of people carrying little fish and baggies yeah, <laughs> yeah, full really. of water.
3: We spent this la- We spent uh, this past Saturday at SeaWorld And whether you disagree or agree with What's going on, I haven't seen the film It's still on the back of your, uh, your mind While you're walking around, very crowded um, It wasn't, wasn't Empty by any means, and there was a pet show Where like birds and pigs And dogs are doing tricks and um, You know, they really make a point Of saying, at the end, all of these Animals you saw were rescued Mm-hmm. these you know we didn't bring them up from puppies and kittens and trained them this way they were rescued so it was uh,
4: you know it just spoke louder now one thing i'll just throw in there because the, even the rescued stuff can get a little a little squirrely in that like y- you think of the example of morgan the killer whale is that something you guys are, are familiar with this was a this sort of still ongoing international uh controversy there was a killer whale stranded off the dutch coast i think in the summer of 2010 it was malnourished and they they rescued it and they they you know, they, they, they nursed it back to health and stuff. And the animal rights community all was uh, lobbying for it to be re- re-released. And they've got their own scientists that say, yeah, they know where the pod is. They know it's family, that this is a candidate for re-release. But it's ultimately deemed, you know, unfit for release. And when you start to break into that, some of the the research that was used, you know, the judge that ruled that relied on a report that, whose authors included a SeaWorld consultant, right? Um, and now hmm. – and, and the animal is now owned by SeaWorld, right? Um, so – I mean, they care about these animals, and I, I have no reason to suspect that you know they would they would purposely you know deem an animal not fit for release. But you also sort of wonder, are you how how impartial can you be when you know a fundamental long term problem for Sea World is genetic diversity of its population? So mm. it's a uh, even even the release stuff can be difficult to can, can, yeah difficult to say what's what's ultimately right. You know, it's just a it's a very difficult subject well, i
0: want to make sure we talk about uh, the earnings report for SeaWorld next week on the show and uh, kind of see what the the impact has been all right thank you very much John. that'll do it for the news we're going to go ahead and move on to roundtable rapid fire and we will start with mr major the genius right.
1: um anyone who's watched the show knows i'm a big fan of disney's um, Uh, philanthropic effort, especially locally, especially with their cast members. And I learned about a program I had not known before. It's called Mickey's Attic. um, And it actually gives charitable organizations. As opposed
0: to Goofy's Closet.
1: Oh, stop. (laughs) That gives charitable organizations an opportunity to browse through an online catalog to select surplus Disney products. Um, I think this is really cool. It's a branch of the Volunteers Volunteers, which are Disney cast members. Um, Volunteers. Volunteers. And. Farva. And they recently donated more than a million dollars in goods to local nonprofit organizations. Things like Princess Wands, sports equipment, DVDs, books, art supplies. Um, I think they deserve a lot of credit. To the School for Wayward Princesses? <laughs> I think they're doing a great job.
0: All right, thank you, Genius. From the Genius to the Virtuoso, Kevin.
2: Uh, we have a couple of inf- pieces of information about Disney Cruise Line. First of all, they have banned smoking and other than other than on deck, you're no longer allowed to smoke on a veranda if you have a veranda stateroom. If you are caught smoking on a veranda stateroom, there's a two hundred and fifty dollars uh, stateroom recovery fee. They have to deep clean the room and the pillows and the couches and, you know, all of that. I can say if you're
0: smoking in the stateroom, but if you're on the veranda smoking, why
3: are they having to deep clean the stateroom?
1: I think some of what they, they worry about is people leave the door open yeah, and then smell gets inside the room. And you
3: ever left right the door inside. open you hear that, that door slam in the front? Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. That, it creates a and tunnel.
2: anybody who doesn't smoke <laughs> knows when someone smoked in or near a room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the first thing. This and that's already going to cause controversy. But that was released today. That information was actually released by Disney Cruise Line. Now I haven't seen where Disney Cruise Line has released this information officially. Officially, but we've seen it unofficially. There's been emails from Disney. We've called Disney and gotten verification. Disney has relaxed. Disney Cruise Line has relaxed the dress code in the main dining rooms. Now you can wear shorts where you could not wear shorts before. And there are some people who absolutely love it. And some people think that this is the end of civilization. This is the sign of the apocalypse. Cats and dogs living
3: together. So is this going to also impact formal night? Or is this just like ca- the well, casual? Remember, formal
1: is well, not compulsory. Still, I mean,
3: you don't you have
0: to dress. You can't, no, can't I say formal, formal and allow shorts. I think formal think is going
1: to be suggested to, to still be that level of
2: formal or semi-formal. I think they're meaning the dress
1: code every other night. On casual is nice. uh,
2: Apparently, the big thing is that other people wearing shorts will adversely affect people who want to dress up. Exactly. And I have a question to ask you. Other than when someone is dressed outlandishly. Do you notice what other people are wearing no, when you go no. to a restaurant? We ate in Citrico's one night, which is a fairly upscale restaurant. There was a woman wearing what amounted to a very long tube top and what I think was a bathroom rug. <laughs> I noticed what she was wearing. Where was the bathroom rug around her shoulders. Don't you oh. remember? I actually took pictures of her with my cell phone backwards.
5: <laughs> I couldn't believe anybody too bad you didn't have, have, glass. have a tube
2: top and a bathroom rug. Yeah. And she, she really thought she looked good. Um, so other than other than someone dressing really outrageously and nothing you think or say is going to stop them from doing that, I think this is a big non-deal.
0: Well, uh, two things. Number one, smoking on the verandas. You know, as a smoker, I roll my eyes at this stuff because here we go again. But at the same time, you know what? It doesn't bother me to go up on the deck and smoke. It really doesn't. Um, We're used to it now. Um, we can't smoke anywhere. So we're used to having to go. And I actually, you know, I'm, I, I tend to be very neurotic about being afraid that my smoke is bothering somebody else. Even when I'm in a designated smoking area, if there's somebody around that doesn't smoke, I really try and move away or try yeah. and be someplace where they're not. I really, you know, I, I think, think you're right. I think your right to breathe clean air, uh, supersedes my right to smoke a cigarette. Uh, we both have a right to that. And I, that's how I feel. But so the veranda thing is, is, is not a big deal. The shorts, I understand why people want a certain elegance and an, uh, and an atmosphere when they're, uh, when they're in, in, in the dining rooms on the ship. But I also think this is consistent with Disney's policy at other signature restaurants around Walt Disney World. There are no dress codes, basically. I mean, they don't want you to wear a hat there are some that have codes um, yeah well i'm just saying what well, yeah. well, victorian albert's
1: but they are also mm-hmm. but There's i mean you can wear i can wear shorts you know, i can wear shorts enforced. in
0: a citricos i can wear shorts in a yachtsman right. i can wear flip flops in a yachtsman if i want i just can't wear a hat
2: so or a tank topper a bathing suit
0: right i mean there yeah but we're talking shorts so mm-hmm. you know i personally no i don't choose to dress like that when um i'm sailing i like to put on a pair of slacks and a nice shirt um but you know Like you said, is it really gonna? Is my meal ruined because the guy sitting next to me is wearing a
2: you know t-shirt? This is not a mandatory rule. You don't have to wear shorts. Right, that's what I'm saying. Is Is it really gonna have that much impact on me? you you can actually wear whatever you want, and I think that's great. And I think as your family enjoys dressing up, you should all dress up. I've seen people look amazing. You know, there was a family that was all in military kilts, and we watched them forever. They looked beautiful. But I, I, the whole thing about you know, this is going to.
3: You yeah, know. And it's, nice, get, it's nice to have that option especially if you're at first dining with kids and you're at the pool and you need to rush back and get dressed it'd be nice to be able to just change real fast
2: because of that fact so that we don't have to rush back and dress up yeah
3: okay from the virtuoso to the artiste Corey uh, Osprey Ridge golf uh, course has officially closed as of August 12th um, August 15th it's being transferred over to the Four Seasons Orlando Resort and they will reopen the uh, their golf course on July 14th with the resort. There's been a lot of questions. Is this going to be open to the public? Can the public use it? Or is it going to be exclusive for guests of the Four Seasons and Golden Oak um, owners? It will be open to the public, but they'll have limited tee times. Uh, anything can change. They just hired their GM at the Four Seasons, so anything can change. But Very will... excited for the Four Seasons. Yeah. So that's that.
0: All right. Thank you, Corey. From the artist to the maestro, Dustin.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I have uh, ABC is discussing uh, creating a Star Wars uh, TV show um, for television. And they're working with uh, Lucasfilm to create TV shows based on the Star Wars characters. And uh, Paul Lee, the president of Disney's ABC Entertainment Group, said, "We've started conversations with them. Uh, I have a inkling in my mind, but they are a lot. They have a lot on their plate." The Disney Company purchased Lucasfilm last year for the price of 4.1 billion dollars. Now, ABC is already working on uh, the new Avengers show. Um, what is it called? Uh, Agents Agent, of Shield. Agents or of Shield. I'm right. not
2: sure that's exactly the right name. Right. right? No,
5: that is that is. So, uh, you know they're obviously ready and raring to go to produce these television shows with these new um, things, uh, these new uh, film, films that they've acquired. Um, You know, there's been talks about Star Wars television shows for years now. um, But I, I don't see how it's going to be anywhere in the near future if they're still formulating how they're going to do the movies, you know. So I'm just excited to see if that's possible and where they might go with a a Star Wars television show on ABC in the near future. Yeah, cool. cool. That's me. All right. And from the maestro to the architect.
3: Oh, wow.
0: I
4: wasn't sure what it was going to be. You're the architect. (laughs) You're my social media architect. (laughs) I I wrote on on chat. uh, I was worried about what my title was going to be.
0: Well, I was going to go for princess, but. I figured uh, Architect was was more accurate. You're like
5: Ellen Page in uh, Inception. Yeah, I'll definitely take Architect. <laughs> um, <laughs>
4: so while we were in uh, Nova Scotia for the meet, uh, Craig, Tom Bell, and Michael Bowling were out in Anaheim for the uh, D23 Expo.
0: Amazing. Yeah,
4: they did wonderful job with the coverage. Um, there's recaps, blogs. Um, they even did video recaps every night. Um, and then there's just video coverage from the actual presentations and events. So all of that is up on our YouTube channel and our blog. So... Um, I'll include links to all of that coverage, um, so definitely go check that out because they did a wonderful job. A lot of and this
0: especially the concert with Alan Menken and Richard Sherman. Full video um, of that. So full video.
4: Uh,
0: they, the three of them did uh, an outstanding job covering yeah. uh, covering D twenty three. I really give them uh, a lot of credit. So uh, yeah. All right, thank you very much for that, Sean. That will do it for rapid fire. Uh, finishing out our show this week, we have our top ten threads from Disboards for the month of July, with some big surprises uh, in store. Number ten from the Resorts Forum uh, thread on re- refrigerator removal. Apparently, there were some issues with uh, some uh, faulty refrigerators.
1: Kevin wants to know how come Motel Six on One Ninety Two can have fridges, but <laughs> Disney can't figure it out.
2: <laughs> and it, they're going to re- they're going to make a decision on it by like the end of two thousand fifteen. And I think. You know, you can get a motel for $19 a night and it says, <laughs> has fridge. And color think, TV. You know? <laughs> I tell you what, give me 10 bucks and I'll work it out for you, okay?
0: Uh, number nine in the theme parks forum, too serious, an issue with Photo Pass. This is a, a, a poster who uh, got accosted, got yelled at by a Photo Pass uh, photographer for. With the, I guess the photo pass photographer thought they were photobombing somebody's picture, and it was just a father making a face at his daughter, um, and he got yelled at. So it's an interesting mm-hmm. thread. Number nine. Uh, number eight, rumors and news forum. Free dining is here for the fall. Uh, you're going to see this as a uh, very common, common theme uh, for the month of July on the boards, a lot of free dining threads. And uh, uh, then, of course, uh, number six from the rumors board. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, number seven on the theme parks board. Magic band info for the test phase in August. Uh, this is what we were talking about, uh, last week. We got a chance to do that. And so there was information on the theme parks board regarding that. Number six rumors, uh, the rumors forum confirmed rumor about refillable resort mugs. Uh, we'd heard about this for a while. They are going to start putting RFID chips in the resort mugs. And, uh, all this back and forth and craziness from people about you can't use your refillable mug on multiple trips. Well, you don't have to worry about it anymore because now Disney's taking care of it.
2: The problem I have is Disney sold these as good for the rest of your life.
0: Early? No, not did. anymore. Not recently. But they did. Well, that may have been years ago, but now they say good for, the, for your stay. For well, your what about the stay. people
2: who bought them years ago who were told well, they were good for the rest of their life? I guess life. they're going
0: to take that up with... Could take the service. No, them it's a services, horrible thing, it's like short to the They should go post room. on this thread. Yeah. <laughs> um, number five on the discounts, codes, and rates uh, September to December room discounts information. Uh, number four, discounts, codes, and rates free dining extension October through December. As I said, uh, free dining, obviously, especially with the extension through the end of the year, a very, very big topic. <clears throat> Excuse me, on the boards uh number 3 theme parks, attractions and strategies details on fast pass plus another extraordinarily hot topic on the boards and uh you know how it's going to work and uh you know it's been it's been amazing to watch i don't know jason how much you followed on the boards in terms of you know people's reactions at each at each phase of this and you know it just seems with each phase of the release more and more people saying, okay, you know mm-hmm. what, maybe this is okay. And you still have those holdouts, though, that mm-hmm. that one core group of holdouts that just does not like this idea.
1: One of right. the biggest problems, though, is always information. So people, the more you know and the more you know how to use it, it becomes more acceptable to people. So that's why these why – these, uh, threads are so popular, people are dying for that information well, do you that Disney's uproar- not giving
2: them. Do you remember the uproar when people had to put their fingerprint on and that they were stealing your fingerprint? That was
0: me. That was me. I had a problem with that. I, I did. I still do to some degree. That, you know, why do I have to be fingerprinted to go into a theme park? Um, but that was also in 2001, after 9-11. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of things happening in the two years after that that had a lot of people very concerned about privacy. So issues like that were being raised. I do I feel as strongly about it today as I did ten years ago? No, I don't. But at the time, with all that was going on, you had the you know the the introduction of the Patriot Act. You had all this talk about <laughs> NSA surveillance of U.S. Citizen, U.S. citizens. Conversations that still take place today. If you watch the news, um, you know that when you have the people who design the software behind the fingerprint reader saying no, you know Disney's not. Uh, reading your full fingerprint just reading certain points but it's a change of one thing in the software very easy simple change that absolutely you'll capture your full fingerprint this was also during a time when Disney was openly working uh, in conjunction with the Secret Service and the CIA about helping the government develop uh, systems to secure large groups of people in heavily trafficked areas Um, so you know I think there was reason to feel that way So, but yeah, I think you'll find some people will, I think you're always going to have that core group of people with this, with Fast Pass Plus and the Magic Bands that are going to have an issue with it. But I think more and more as they release it, you're going to see it uh, coming out. Uh, Number two, for the first time this year, she has fallen from grace. (laughs) From Style on Trip Reports drops to number two by 21 page views. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not kidding 21 page views the only thing that could slay Jess that amazing sweet girl was free dining for October through December on the discount codes and rates board um, and uh, yeah, that just was that was a topic too too big for, for even Jess but I think that's still impressive that you know even still even still she's, she's up there and what a great segment that was oh, yeah. uh, with her she did such a great job and I think you'll be seeing more of Jess on the show in the coming months. So we really, really enjoyed her. We really enjoyed her contributions on the boards. And I just wanted to get a chance to say thank you now to Jess for, for coming in and doing that. I wasn't able to be here when you, uh, when you visited. but uh, A lot of great feedback on that show. Uh, tremendous. And actually, um, the, the views and downloads on that have been amazing. I mean, it's really very successful. Very very successful segment, and I received
3: uh, several uh, messages of people saying, "I'm doing a college program now. I can't wait." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, I also want to say that you know we we had that
0: segment uh, go up uh, these past few weeks. We of course the coverage of the beyond beyond, uh, beyond the parks segments, uh, the amazing work done on the coverage of Magic Band and Fast Pass Plus yep. with uh, uh, the start of the beta phase. Uh, you guys really did an awesome job. I'm so proud. You really, you guys all did me so proud with, uh, with all this, the way you covered it. You guys are true pros. Um, how I got so lucky, especially with these three, uh, Dustin, Sean, and, and Craig. Uh, I hit the trifecta <laughs> uh, with all three of them. And uh, you guys have really uh, made this past month and a half very easy for me. I, I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. Thank you. Um, but uh, I think that will do it for this episode it is so great to be back i cannot tell you how much i missed uh sitting in this chair i hope you missed me too because i'm not going anywhere for a while but uh that is going to do it for this episode we hope you enjoyed it we'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz unplugged thanks for being with us everybody and remember stay out of the damn lakes feels so good to say that again